Hello and welcome to the Ecom Sales Tax Podcast, um, where we answer all of the hot and burning questions of e-commerce sellers just like you. And uh, my name is Ryan Johnson. Today we've got the experts on the line with us today. We've got Andy, Dan, and Jason. Welcome, guys. Hey, everybody. Hello. Thank you, Ryan. So today we've got I've got a couple of questions uh, for you guys. More about marketplace facilitator laws. Uh, I know all of you guys are pretty well versed in that. But before I get into the questions, I was hoping you guys would be able to give us a good um, just recap on what a marketplace facilitator law would look like. What it is. Why do we care? Dan, you need to help us out. Why do we care about, I'm, I'm an e-commerce seller. Why do I care about marketplace facilitator laws? Well, <clears throat> marketplace facilitator law is, is boiled down to its simplest form. It means Amazon's doing, doing most of the hard work for you. Uh, Amazon or another marketplace facilitator as whatever state you're looking at defines it, uh, is, is usually a, a, uh, uh, marketplace upon which you sell goods and services. And if they fall under one of these new laws, then they will collect and remit sales tax on your behalf. Uh, Washington kind of started this trend back in January of 18 and slowly but surely the states have been catching on. It takes a little bit longer because this always has to go through their state legislatures. They can't just pass some, they, they can't just do it by press release or, or rulemaking but uh, it is rolling on, and we do expect eventually all the states are going to be on board with it, or pretty much all of them. Okay, Dan. So I'm I'm trying to come at a from the perspective of a of an e-commerce seller that does not want to be a sales tax expert. So I, there there's a lot of people that say, you know what, Amazon, Walmart, eBay, uh, uh, Etsy. Uh, you name it, they are the real sellers. Why don't they just collect a tax for us and just send it in? Why Why would Amazon or Walmart or any of them be reluctant just to send it in, collect it, send it? Well, <clears throat> there's a few reasons. Number one, the, the person who knows your product best is you, the seller, the person who put the product up there. Well, Amazon doesn't know the specifics about it necessarily, and they only know what you, you set it up as in their system so that for certain product classifications, the tax can vary greatly amongst the several states. And Amazon and Etsy and Walmart don't want to be the ones that ultimately bear the, the audit liability from the states for this. And so they, they – uh, and before they're going to collect the tax, first off, they want the law to specifically state that it's them that has to collect the tax. They don't want there to be any ambiguity. They want it to be clearly one party or the other. And then a lot of times in these states, they will, they will get uh, lobby for legislation that says that if they're going to be the ones that remit the tax on, on your behalf, that if you go in and set something up wrong, say you determine that all of your, your widgets are suddenly clothing, then uh, they're not responsible for any errors and that the, the state would go back to you then for that. But uh, that's generally what they look for uh, before they will, they will assent to, to collecting these taxes. 
You know, when I talk to a lot of these e-commerce sellers, they always ask me because the research that they're doing, they're finding these laws and, and they get kind of excited and they say, well, isn't Amazon going to collect and, and remit all these or any other e-commerce platform? Aren't they going to remit the tax for me? Do I even need to get registered in these 10 or 11 states? I mean, theoretically, does it make it easier for e-commerce sellers? Well, I'll speak to easier. Um, anytime a law passes or a state passes a law, uh, they don't make it easier. Um, the, the states are trying to figure out how to enact laws to uh, increase revenues and um, with the least amount of resistance. And so there are a lot of these laws in place, but they don't just automatically get someone off the hook for a responsibility to register or be compliant with a particular state, you have to be careful when you're reading law, applying law, thinking about how the law applies to you, um, that, that you've talked to some people to really understand what kind of uh, impact that would have on you specifically, whether you should comply or not comply. So easier, not always. <laughs> so I've got another question that kind of paybacks on that. Um, and that is in these states, that where they do have the marketplace facilitator laws, do they need to register there? That is a great question. That is the question. Um, unless Andy has something he wants to say about that, I would uh, I'm about to share. I'm just going to share something okay. really good. And then Dan can just my little spreadsheet I've been working on. You guys see that okay? I can see it. I see it. So uh, I've got this presentation coming up in uh, next month for Avalara, and we're going to be talking about how these different um, marketplaces, how are they, how is, how are they collecting tax? So we have so many different ways you can have Nexus, and then we have this marketplace facilitator. So this is just my rough spreadsheet right here. I'll share it with everybody if you're watching live, and you should be seeing this. So Dan, there's 16 states that have a marketplace facilitator law in place and Amazon collects tax in all of those except for uh, one, two, three, four, five states. And then I just was, and so I, I noted when Amazon started collecting tax in column C here. And then I was just comparing that to Walmart and Walmart, uh, just in two states uh, doesn't actually collect tax. So I, th I think the question that Ryan is asking is one that's just coming up like, okay, so this is what we were hoping for is that Amazon would just collect our tax for us or Walmart or Etsy or eBay, what have you. Um, so if they collect a tax for us, do we have to register? And so we don't know the answer in all of these states, we, we know just in the states where we've noted so far, because this is such a new development that we can't say for sure the answer is registration still required. Um, but you take Washington. Washington was the first state to, uh, to, to pass a quote-unquote marketplace facilitator law, and Amazon started collecting tax on behalf of all sellers in January of 18 and Walmart does too, you can't even opt out of it. If you sell on Walmart or Amazon and you have a customer in Washington, you can't, 
you will charge tax, right? If your item is taxable. But talk about this, Dan. Uh, registration requirements. What do you know? And and this that's kind of the re- reverse of that question is: if I'm already registered in any of these states where Amazon is now collecting tax on my behalf, can I just deregister? Dan, can you make it simple? Well, I will make one. <clears throat> I will make one blanket statement there. If you are if you are selling through any other platform other than a facilitator, the answer is always going to be no. Amazon's certainly not collecting for your, uh, they're not going to be collecting for your Shopify uh, page or for, for any of your other avenues. And so if you are, uh, if you are continuing to, uh, if you sell through other channels that are not collecting on your behalf, then you absolutely have to stay registered. This chart uh, that we're looking at is, is, is simply assuming that all of your sales are through these mentioned marketplace facilitators. Uh, Washington says that you need to be registered for the simple reason that uh, they have, Washington also has what's known as the business and occupation tax or B&O. The B&O is, is imposed on the seller, not on the buyer. So you, you have to, to pay it out of your own pocket and it's reported on the, based on your, your retail sales uh, and, and services and just about any other revenue in Washington. And it's reported on the same report as the sales tax. So you have to be registered in, in Washington because you have to pay the B&O. So if we take one of these states like Alabama, so Alabama, Amazon collects automatically, well, effective January of this year, 19, but Walmart does not. So are you off the hook in, in Alabama if you sell on those two platforms? For Amazon, uh, you would you would not be re- you would uh, we have not gotten clarification from them yet as to whether you can deregister, but you would not have to report those sales for Amazon on your return. However, until Walmart starts collecting on your behalf, you would still have to collect and co- well, Walmart collect the tax, but you would still have to report and remit that tax on your own return. So, if you're selling on Walmart, you're still on the hook for those taxes in, in Alabama until Walmart decides to. To start collecting there. I think for just speaking for very small sellers who only sell on Amazon, for example, this marketplace facilitator approach is really a good solution for them. Don't you think Dan and Jason? I'll speak to that. Yeah, I think it is great for them. Um, If you only sell on Amazon, uh, or Walmart in a state that collects the tax, or one of the other marketplace facilitators that collects and remits the tax. It's a big win. Um, I would just highlight uh, the three no's on here. Is a registration required in the state of Iowa, Minnesota, or Oklahoma? And the answer from those states is if 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 you only sell through marketplace facilitators that collect and remit the tax on behalf of all of your sales, then you don't need to register. Um, now, I'm always about being careful or, or be cautious in your approach. If the state has not made that statement or you can't claim that, then then I'm with Dan in the sense that you might not have a responsibility to file or you might not have exposure or a liability, but there could be penalties for not registering in states that have not 
made this indication. Uh, I believe Dan said earlier, and he could probably speak to this, that some states still require you to register, but you may be able to change uh, whether you actually have to file a return or could change um, the filing frequency by which you have to file a return. Um, so to answer your question, um, using a long answer, <laughs> yes, uh, it is a, a significant benefit, but you should be very careful in navigating your approach in applying these laws. You know, I, as I think about this, <clears throat> And maybe the question is, won't more states go to an approach of facilitator uh, laws? And I think the answer is absolutely yes. They definitely will. And not because they care about making things simpler for the sellers. They don't care about that because these are not their voting citizens. But for the simple reason that they're going to capture a lot more tax because think about it. They have nexus, they have these thresholds of 200,000 or 500,000 in the case of California. So if you're a seller that sells only through Amazon and you don't get over the 500,000 threshold in, in California, you don't have to collect sales tax in California and remit it. But if California were to pass a marketplace facilitator law, which they haven't, but if they were to do that, they would catch, then they would say, Amazon, you now have to collect and remit sales tax on every sale made through your platform, whether or not that seller makes a dollar's worth of sales or $10 million worth of sales through your platform. So the states stand to capture a bunch of sales and it all goes on one return. So it's administratively, it's simple. It, it collects tax from all these small sellers that they didn't collect tax from before and never hoped to collect sales tax from. So man, from the state revenue standpoint, this is a perfect solution. But because you're, if you sell on multiple platforms or you sell anything from your own website, really, unless you're a small seller selling only through one platform, say Amazon, your sales tax problems really only multiply as you know more and more laws like this get passed because it just different of uh, facilitators, marketplaces will react differently. You just see these two in, in Alabama and Nebraska. Uh, states will impose different rules like Washington, like Dan was talking about. So again, they don't care if it's hard on you. They just want to get the most amount of revenue for the easiest way. And Marketplace Facilitator makes it very simple for them. All yeah. right. Agreed. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Actually, I did. I intended to interrupt you. <laughs> um, I just wanted Dan to speak for a minute to that concept that um, there, there are some provisions out there where a state would say, yes, you're required to file, even though all the platforms that you um, operate on collect and remit that tax for you. I mean, is that accurate? I mean, th there are still some situations where you would have a requirement to file. I'm sorry, a requirement to register, but maybe the filing would be uh, you would not have to file or you could request a different filing frequency? Yes. Um, we've, and in the case, as I mentioned earlier, in the case of Washington, it's because there's a secondary tax they're trying to collect. Uh, Connecticut will actually allow you to apply for under their program uh, if your circumstances are that you're, that you're uh, selling to a marketplace facilitator for an annual 
uh, filing frequency. So you only have to file that, that annoying uh, no tax due return once a year. And uh, they've, they've uh, New Jersey goes a step further. And if you, you're, you're, all your sales are through say Amazon, then you can apply to where you're registered, but you can apply for what they call a non-filer status where you don't even have to file a return. And uh, essentially it's, as Andy mentioned, administrative convenience. They want you to be registered and, and on the records. And I'm, I'm sure there's, I'm sure it's so that they can come and bug you come income tax time, but they don't necessarily want to process a bunch of $0 returns where they're not getting any money from you. Gotcha. Hey, Dan, let me put you on the spot, like I always do, because it occurs to me that somewhere buried in the terms and conditions of selling through, I haven't read this yet, but you talked a little bit about why the marketplaces, Amazon would be reluctant to comply with the law or just to do this voluntarily until they're you know, required to because of the audit exposure. I wonder what kinds of terms and conditions Amazon would have that, you know, if they get audited by a state and you have coded your, you know, your paper clips, you coded them as nutritional supplements and you didn't collect sales tax because they were nutritional supplements. They get audited by a state. Amazon does and says, Hey, you're selling, you know, a billion dollars worth of paper clips, but they're really nutrition or nutritional supplements, but they're really paper clips. So you have to, you have to come out of your pocket because you should have collected sales tax. I wonder what terms and conditions Amazon has. I bet they can automatically deduct any sales tax on errors that you made from your seller account. What do you think? Well, in the first instance, those paper clips make an excellent afternoon snack in the middle of <laughs> when you find yourself in the middle of a conference call and, and get that hunger. Uh, secondly, uh, <clears throat> I'd, well, I can't speak to the exact terms and conditions in the Amazon uh, in the Amazon uh, paperwork. I do know that they they very very specifically put the sales and use tax burden squarely on you. And were they to get a significant audit, then uh, there is a very good chance that they will go back and and assess that tax directly. And and since they more or less and and take it directly against your remittance. I mean they've. Uh, Amazon, since they collect all the money, they wield a pretty wide, uh, they wield a pretty powerful weapon in, in that they can just take right out of that remittance stream. And and as I mentioned, they've been pretty well putting into a lot of these marketplace, a lot of these marketplace facilitators uh, will put, have been including some kind of an indemnification from the facilitator for, for setups like that and saying that the state will go back directly after the seller. And the facilitator certainly has the seller's name, address, taxpayer ID. They've got all the information right there that, that they that the, they could need. State just has to send out a bill. They don't even have to do, do the hard part. Yeah, and I wonder what recourse you have, you know, uh, if you, you know, to dispute this thing. Because as far as Amazon's concerned, hey, you coded it wrong. We got audited. Here's your bill. And I wonder, do you have any recourse because you're not the taxpayer in that situation? That'll be interesting to watch. Uh, we've talked about that before in, in other situations. You know, this idea we talked about several weeks ago about successor liability, that uh, you don't even have the recourse to protest it in some cases. Yeah. And and I think the, the thing to, 
the thing to keep in mind here is it'll, this is all new law. This is all very much a, a new developing. The, the states are kind of figuring this out as they go. And um, you know, a lot of this audit is theoretical right now because they're they're just rolling this out. It's going to be a few years before the, the states really start getting in and auditing Amazon and Walmart and eBay. That's going to be a fun one. You have You have a lot of... Yeah, the question is, is eBay even the, the seller? You know, would they even be considered the marketplace facilitator? But that's another topic. But you can bet that Amazon is being very careful about not taking on, taking on as little exposure as possible. And my point is, I guess, that uh, like they point out, Walmart has a lot of statements on their website, Amazon, in their Amazon Seller Central, about, like you said, the, the burden's on you. You got to get this right. And we're not, we don't know where you have Nexus. You're telling us that uh, as to the product taxability, you, that's on you. And we don't advise you on that. You have to talk to your sales tax professional. They have language like that right in there. So you, you don't want to be cavalier in just saying, ah, it's non-taxable. I'd, I'd rather just show it as non-taxable so I can get more orders maybe potentially. But you have to be really careful there because, you could be selling it for less margin than the tax. And then Amazon comes back and says, oops, uh, you didn't collect tax for the last three years. We're just going to deduct that from your, from your payments. <laughs> You'll be in really bad shape. All right. Well, that was really good. Uh, so uh, we'll, I think we better conclude it there because we're, we're going on here and we could go on for hours. <laughs> Well, thank you, everybody, and I think that uh, you guys provide a lot of clarification to a lot of the questions I get about marketplace facilitator laws, and we actually had some comments in our live session on Facebook uh, that was very informative. <clears throat> so uh, tune in next week where we'll be addressing uh, more questions that you might have. So please, if, uh, if you have a question, make sure and send it to me. Uh, and we, you might be able to get your specific question answered by the sales tax experts. Um, you can see this episode and others at www.ecomsalestax.com. That is E-C-O-M salestax.com. And we'll see you guys next week.